Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 326 and it is Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. And uh, this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. We're going to be talking about some of our non-spoiler thoughts, as well as getting into an in-depth spoiler uh, review slash discussion. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, It's an incredible film. We'll get into uh, all of our thoughts uh, later on in the show. Um, As Carl is sharing the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out, um, as always, to uh, listeners and viewers uh, like yourselves. Uh, Once again, thank you all uh, for continuing to uh, watch our show and uh, listen to our show, whether on on any of your uh, favorite podcasting platforms or even checking out our episodes uh, on Facebook Live, dropping comments, uh, even sending emails. So we thank you all for that. Um, We also do have... Uh, two new sponsors That's for the right. Codex Prime Podcast. Carl? That's right. Give me... So our first new sponsor, we are now sponsored by the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League. That's right. That's coming up. Uh, it's going to be a summer-long family-friendly event that starts June, July 11th, uh, located at the Kent County YMCA in Warwick, Rhode Island, 900 Centerville, at, Centerville Road in uh, Warwick, Rhode Island. And also... Can't forget this one. Uh, we are also sponsored by Culture Fest. Culture Fest Rhode Island coming up this. Uh, give me one yep. So Culture Fest is coming back, huh? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This year will be located at the uh, Southside Cultural Center of Rhode Island and 393 Broad Street in Providence. Uh, it's going to be going on from June 30th to July 2nd. So that's the. That's definitely a can't miss event. Uh, Vic and I partook in it last year, and it was an overall success. And I do not doubt that this year is going to be success. So big shout outs to the KFM team, the YMCA Greater Providence, Muse Foundation, and everybody involved. Nice, awesome. Yeah, that's good, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So yeah, more. uh you know, Rhode Island goodness, uh, on the map here. So yeah. Yeah. Check them out. Big shout outs to, uh, uh, both sponsors, uh, for the show and yeah, you know, we'll get into it. Uh, as per, as per usual, all the nerd goodness and magic, uh, that we can muster, uh, every, every week. Um, as Carl is sharing the episode, uh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll get into some, uh, some bits of like what I've been up to, uh, as of late, um, you know, right now, I guess on the, on the video game front, um, patiently waiting to get my copy of Diablo four. Um, I do want to play that. I know Diablo four. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Diablo four just dropped, uh, today for the PS five, um, and, uh, Xbox series X PC. I know that the beta has been out for, uh, for a little while now, but I haven't had, I haven't. I just haven't had a chance to play it. I wanted to wait until the actual game came out. So I'll, I hope to get I hope to get uh, my hands on a copy soon because I really did enjoy Diablo 3 for the PS4. Um, I'm still thinking about getting a Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I know that that's going to be like a months-long project, so uh, I do want to take some time to devote to that game. 
A shout out to Roberto Gonzalez in the comments here. The wrong kid died. <laughs> kind of just have to do that. Wrong kid died. <laughs> he cut him in half with a machete. Anyway, um, yeah. So, oh, and Roberto says he's crushing Diablo. Yes, I will let you know uh, when I'm in. Uh, once I get my uh, copy, I know Roberto's a P- uh, Xbox head. I'm a he PS5 is. head, so hopefully, if there's if there's crossplay between consoles, that'll be even, that'll be even better. Uh, but yes, I will get my hands on a copy soon. Um, uh, yeah. Besides that, I've been uh, for the, on the video game front. Um, I've, I've actually been playing or, or replaying uh, Alan Wake. I I just bought the uh, remastered. A uh, copy for the PS5, which is on sale for like twelve bucks right now. Oh, okay. So I've been because I, I want to I want to uh, actually replay that game because I haven't played it since uh, like like ten years. Since because the last time I played it was on Steam, and I finished the original. So I'm just going through the remastered in time for Alan Wake Two, which comes out in October. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be finishing that game until I get my copy of Diablo or Tears of the Kingdom, uh, whichever comes first. And yeah. Besides that, I've I've been watching a bunch of uh, movies. Uh, had had some time to catch up on some movies this weekend. Tubi? Uh, uh, no Tubi movies. Okay, just because, figured I asked. <laughs> because I have respect for cinema, <laughs> uh, so no psychic esque uh, uh, viewing. Got to start somewhere. I know, but gosh. A- anyway, they're fun to talk about. Oh, they are. They are. <laughs> they are. Um. But I, I did finally watch a few movies on Peacock, some new movies. Yep. So I finally watched Cocaine Bear. Tell me it wasn't great. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Oh, my gosh. Cocaine Bear. And, you know, rest in peace to uh, Ray Liotta. I mean, that's a hell of a role to go out on. Yep. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, Cocaine Bear was absolute fun, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Um, a heavily fictionalized take. Uh, on a true story about this uh, a, bear, a black bear in somewhere uh, in the U.S. that ingested a, a kilo of cocaine. And in real life, the bear just kind of like, you know, dozed around and, you know, just was like dozing off, you know, high. But in this one, this co- this cocaine bear is, you know, is on that stuff. And is like... Lines... Vision, dreams of passion flowing through my mind, and, and all, all the while, while I think of you. Of you. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, it, it was it, it was a fun film. It was it was violent. It was just over the top. Um, the the one I guess one scene that had me chuckling uh, was where the dude um, opened the door in the cabin of the park ranger cabin. The bear yeah. was sitting there, and all of a sudden he gets his brains blown out by Margot Martindale. <laughs> Out of nowhere, I don't know why that 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 scene had me dying because um, of how sudden it was. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, of course, like uh, the how how the bear just quickly scales the tree once it sniffs coke on that one dude. Uh, it, it 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 was it was just absolute fun. Um, your boy, your boy. Did you see your boy? Your boy I, in the movie Isaiah Whitlock. I mean, if there was any movie that in which he had to drop she, he didn't do it in this one, and I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I wanted him to. Yeah. Once I saw, I was like, "Is that him?" Looked it up, like it's him. He's gotta say it. Yeah, he's gotta say it, but he didn't, which was really weird. Probably the strangest thing about this movie. Um, 
And of course, looking at Ice Cube Jr., you know, O'Shea Jackson, you know, doing his thing. No, he's he's racking up quite the resume. He is. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Cocaine Bear, you know, if you're in the mood for some fun, some violent, over-the-top fun, it'll it'll be a good uh, higher-budget double feature with the Velocipaster. Hold on. When Homegirl was on the gurney. Mm-hmm. You already know. You already yeah. Know she, oh, that was. Oh my God, that was that was super cringeworthy. Oh God. Oh. Yeah, she caught she 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 caught yeah. one of the worst fates in that film. Uh, but yeah, I saw that. Um, I also saw an interesting um um thriller by M Night Shyamalan. Uh, it's called Knock at the Cabin. Uh, stars Dave Bautista. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about. I yeah, heard. yeah. The movie came out back in February, and it's based on a novel, and it's actually pretty interesting. You know, um, it's about this uh, this couple, um, this this gay couple, and they have their 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 adopted daughter, and they're just you know on vacation, just chilling out in the in this cabin cabin in the woods, and then um, Dave Bautista shows up with uh, with a with three other uh, weirdos. And they all say that um, in order to prevent the apocalypse, uh, this one member of this family chilling in his cabin has to sacrifice themselves, and they have to do it willingly. Did they walk through a mile in a pit of danger? Uh, a place where no one follows me. I walk oh, alone. <laughs> dun-dun, dun-dun. You know what? That song's still, that song is still a bop. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Batista, you know, he's all like... You know, I think it's I think it's one of his more interesting performances. I like the fact that Batista's, you know, taking acting seriously. He's 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 choosing some really good roles. Somebody actually had an unpopular opinion and said that Batista is a better actor than The Rock. He is. I agree with that. Okay, I agree because like The Rock, like The Rock, it's interesting when you when when you mention now that you mention it because with The Rock, I don't think I don't view him so much as an an actor, so much as like his movies being just an extension of the Dwayne Johnson brand. Because when you look at most of his roles, they're all the same bland action hero, no real dimension to them. Just, you know, oh, it's just Dwayne Johnson, you know, with his muscles, you know, saving the day once again in the CG filled action movie. Okay. I mean, and some of them are entertaining. I'll, I'll give you that. But, you know, there's nothing, there's no real depth, no real oomph to any of his roles, at least in my opinion. I can see, I can see why you say that. Like, I even, even, um, I will say, like, with Batista's performance of Drax over the years, like, you saw, you saw him as a character. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was a completely different character. Yeah. Whereas, like, The Rock, in some cases, you know, when he's, uh, Hobbs, mm. okay, yeah, he's just extra tough rock. Yeah. But then there's Maui. Oh, Moana. From Moana. Yep. That he was is, good. He was more of a good... They're doing a live action. Yeah, I saw a, a trailer for that. Which, there's a trailer already? Yeah, I, saw, I, saw, I mean, unless it's like a fan-made one. I was looking at it. I was like... I, but I did hear that they're making a live action one with the same actors. Yeah. Voice actors. Which, you know, could be nice. I bet. Yeah. Not opposed to the idea. Uh, but yeah, uh, Knock at the Cabin. Um... Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting Shyamalan movie. It's uh, I'd say I'd say it benefits from not having Shyamalan be the sole writer 
uh, for the film because you know he's very hit or miss. Right. Um, but I, I thought it was I thought it was very interesting. It had it had some interesting. It, it, it presented an interesting dilemma or interesting question of like you know, if you if you could prevent the apocalypse from millions and millions of people dying, uh, would you sacrifice someone you love to prevent it from happening? And you know, it, it kind of raises a really interesting, really interesting quandary. And I thought it presented it in a pretty interesting way. Um, I think it's worth watching. Um, it came out in theaters uh, this past February. It's on Peacock now. I'd say give it a watch. I think it's one of the better uh, recent Shyamalan films. That's a good question. Would you sacrifice someone that you love to prevent the apocalypse? Mm. And it's like... They're going to go regardless. See, I don't know. I don't know if I could. That's the thing, cause like, cause when you're watching, cause when you're watching the film, the film like the at first it's like it's, at first it's like you think that oh these people are just insane, but then when when, but then when they come when they have an added condition that well if you choose not to sacrifice yourselves then we're gonna kill one of our one of one member of our own group and then if that happens then millions of people will die, and uh, and and the way and the way it unfolds is like hmm. How many millions before you make that decision, if you even decide to? Yeah, but it, it's it's a it's a rather interesting film. I'd say check it out. One of the better Shyamalan films uh, of recent memory. Uh, Knock at the Cabin. Um, I also saw another movie uh, which stars Will, which stars Willem Dafoe called Inside, which uh, which he, he plays this art thief who gets stuck in this high end apartment, um, this high end penthouse in New York, and he can't get out. He's locked in. And uh, he's locked in for like days and days on end, and the movie it was okay. it was I, I I wasn't too engaged by it. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was a little boring, but Willem Dafoe himself is always engaging. Um, it it is a debut feature of uh, of one particular filmmaker. Um, let me see if I could pull him pull this filmmaker up inside. Uh, twenty twenty three film, uh, it's the debut feature of um, of Vasilis Katsupis, um, a new filmmaker. So there's there's some potential there. Um, I, I'm willing to see what what he what he'll bring to the table next. But as of now, Inside was just you know, I, th- I, th- I thought I thought I thought the premise was rather was too thin for a feature film. But I thought it could have like explored uh that whole that whole um that whole situation of him being stuck in this apartment in more interesting ways. But, you know, if you're a fan of Willem Dafoe and if you have, you know, time to kill, I'd say it's worth a watch. It's like just a, just north of 90 minutes. Um, but the best movie I saw uh, on Peacock this weekend, which is also new, uh, which dropped in theaters and limited release like back in April, but now you can watch it on Peacock. It's, uh, it's this independent drama called A Thousand and One starring Tiana Taylor. And it's a really good movie. It's um, it's the de- debut feature of a new filmmaker, A.V. Rockwell. Um, stars Tiana Taylor, Will Catlett, and Josiah Cross. And it's a film where um, Tiana Taylor, she plays this, uh, uh, this really tough-as-nails, gruff uh, New Yorker uh, named, named Inez, who, uh, who, just, who just came out from a stint in Rikers. And she's looking for her young son, um, who is in foster care. So she comes across her, she finds her young son, 
and she actually takes him away from foster care uh, illegally, uh, just based, and uh, decides to raise raise him uh, by herself. And Will Catlett plays uh, plays like her 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 boyfriend, her on and off boyfriend, Lucky. Um, and and the film and the film is rather interesting because it takes place over the course of several years. It starts in the '90s and then it goes into like the early 2000s, and you see this young boy, um, uh, uh, Terry. Who's played by three different actors in three different stages of his life? Okay. You see him grow up, and uh, yeah, the performances are absolutely terrific. Uh, Tiana Taylor, like she brings she brings a lot of real meat and heft uh, to this role as this really um, put upon, really tough as nails, a uh, single mom who doesn't take shit from anybody, but she has a nurturing side. And there's a lot. There's some really. She she does some unlikable things in the film where where it's like come on this is some unfit mother material but you kind of understand where she's coming from because she's coming from a place of des- of desperation. Okay. Um, you see Will Catlett, you know, his character Lucky. He's a, he's like the guy who like on the surface he's just, he's just like a typical he kind of has like so some so like quasi deadbeat dad energy but there's more to him on the surface as well uh, beneath the surface as well. Um, and then you have um, Josiah Cross, who plays the older, oldest version of Terry, the, the, the boy who grows up, and his performance was absolutely uh, terrific as well. Like he's just this really shy, very quiet kid, but then like you know he's kind of torn because like he's, you know, he has potential, but then he's afraid of like you know alienating, being alienated from his own friends who are kind of like riffraff. And then, like, his mom is just trying to look out for him, and then like, he's, like, kind of stressed out. He's kind of like a bundle of nerves all the time. Uh, but, yeah, it's a it's a really solid film, um, really solid independent drama. Um, it's got a lot – it's got rave reviews, um, yeah, like, especially with Tiana Taylor's performance, and she was really good in it, too. So definitely worth watching. Like, if you're a fan of, like, um, like indie dramas, uh, which are just, like, you know – you know, it was, it was shot in New York. It was kind of like a time capsule because you could kind of see like what New York looked like in the '90s, and then over the course of like gentrification since then. Um, yeah, a thousand and one. It's definitely a solid film, worth watch. Okay, I did come across a trailer too. Um, the movie is got is, and I actually thought of you. I think it's something that you would like. Yeah. It's called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Oh, that's actually it's a horror movie that's come that's uh coming out um believe, June 23rd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it's actually going to be released June 9th actually. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be on demand. It'll be streaming June 23rd. Okay. Uh premiered by South by Southwest and actually got rave reviews. It's actually a modern retail it's actually adapted from um Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So the plot reads, the world of a 17-year-old genius, uh, Vicaria, who's played by Leia De, De Leon Hayes, is rife with violence, police brutality, and drug abuse. After losing, mother, after losing her mother and her late brother to violence, Vicaria vows to stop bringing violence, stop, but, uh, excuse me, Vicaria vows to stop the violence, bringing her family back to life. And she successfully resurrects her brother, but it soon becomes apparent that she brought back a monster that is just hungry for vengeance. Mm. It also stars uh, Denzel Whitaker mm. from The Great Debaters and Black Panther. Okay, yeah. And then um, and Chad Coleman from uh, Walking Dead. Okay. And Raphael Sadiq's Good Man video. Nice. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw it on TikTok. I was like, you know what? That sounds. That just screams Vic. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, that sounds like an interesting premise. And other than that, I don't mean, have much to review. I've been just busy. Probably the most sleep-deprived, busiest weeks of my life. Mm. And you ain't even got to blame the baby. <laughs> hey, it's not even. It's not even her fault. She actually been sleeping real good at night. <laughs> nice. She does. But Friday, I picked up Street Fighter Six. Ooh. Okay. Yes. How was that? It, it's a lot of fun. The world tour, uh, the world tour mode. I feel like that's gonna be like a. A mode in the game that's just gonna give it like so much longevity. Like you can probably just wind up playing that for like for the next few years. You know, you just need to kind of just chill. You kind of just go around, just beating up, getting into fights, mm-hmm. uh, beating up some strangers, going on different missions and stuff, just to kind of and you build your creative character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so and you also come across, you know, you do missions for uh, a lot of characters in the game. Yeah, it builds your strength. You can buy clothes. It's I use in-game currency. I don't pay for nothing, but mm. okay, depends. Probably okay. the next DLCs, <laughs> which we get. Akuma and my man Rashid's probably is one of them. And I can't wait. I, I love Rashid from Street Fighter Five. Oh, and it's a full game, by the way. Oh, good. Yes. It is a full game. I played. I paid seventy dollars for a full game. That's and good. Not a skeleton. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> I just came by Sunday and we played it for a bit. Nice. But um, some of the, obviously, you know, I stuck with Ryu, Ken, Zangief. He's a motherfucker. If you forget, you know, he gets a hold of you, like half your life is gone. Mm. Yeah, I bet. But one of the, in uh, uh, another character that I um, became fond of was Jury. And if you remember. Selena Vega actually cosplayed her as her in this year's Royal Rumble. Yep. To promote the game. And yeah, I took a like liking to her. She does remind me of uh Rashid. Mm. You know, he's Rashid of the Turbulent Wind. And I'm like, you know what? I like this guy. And then I got once I kind of started to get in the hang of it, I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. And the same thing with jury. So I'm um, looking forward to you're gonna be seeing me playing a lot, a lot of that until AEW comes out. Oh yeah, fight forever. June 29th. Mm. You know, uh, you're speaking of AEW. I'm, I'm gonna have to order for Forbidden Door. I, yeah. I will, I will brave the seven-hour pay-per-views um, because Tony Khan doesn't understand pacing. I, I, I have to watch Okada versus Danielson. Oh, absolutely. I have to. Yeah, as it's, a, it's. I mean, when the announcement was made. Oh Jesus! I mean, you already know, Carl. You had some backflips. That, and I nodded. But anyway, but yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I will. I will brave the eleven-hour pay-per-view with twenty matches on one night. Uh. Uh, style of AEW pay-per-view to watch that one match. I I, I, I have to. And, and, and of course, you know, the rematch between uh, Osprey and, Oka- and uh, Omega. Oh, yeah. Man. It, it's good to be a pro wrestling fan. It is. Yeah. It is. Don't, honestly, it don't even matter which brand. Yeah. 
Yeah. And of course, if if uh, if um, if the crybaby's there on that pay per view, I'll just plug my nose and just you know, I'll I'll, I'll use his match as background background noise while I do so. It'll, it'll be a bathroom break match if uh, if uh, if the pouty muffin eater shows up again. The pouty muffin eater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have my own show, so all my friends who like me get to work with me, and those that don't get to work the other show. Yeah, let's see how that. Let's see how long that lasts. You know, all, all I'll say is this. Go ahead, go ahead, Victorant. I will see you all at Brawl Out Chapter Two. I'm just waiting for that. Brawl Out Chapter Two is going to be the real event to, that we're that we're going to wait for. I think it's going to be Brawl In. Brawl In. <laughs> Why not Brawl In? <laughs> you know, you know. If, if, if hey, if, if Tony Khan wants to be the Scorpion, I mean, if Tony Khan wants to be a frog. Swimming in the river, carrying the scorpion that is uh, the muffin eater on his back, and he gets stung again. Hey, he he got nobody to blame but himself. Why'd you sting me, Mister Brooks? I can't help it. It's in my nature. Cult of personality. I'm old. I'm tired. I work with fucking children. Get the fuck out of here. You know what? I, I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, if if you're if you're a business, if you're a wrestling promoter, right? No name. Should be worth that much of a hassle, where, where a person that disparages like your roster, they violently attack your executive vice presidents, they bite one of, one of said EVPs. Now, fast forward a year later, you're gonna sign a non-disclosure agreement, so you so you can't really talk about the full details. And then and then the then the biter. The, the the biter who um, who bit one of the EVPs one of the, one of the, one of the conditions of your return to said company is you want to bring him back so bring him back to have his job so he can so he can work with you really and 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 then your and then your boss who's supposed to have some some level of authority he just he just greens he just greenlights it you know he just said yeah yeah why not why not okay yeah all right okay. Yeah, 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 let's, let's, yeah, and, and why, and why, and why the fanfare for the bitter muffin eater? He's like what, forty four, forty five years old. If it, if it, if his run has, which, which is fine, you know, but but if his run has proven anything, he's a little fragile. Can't seem can't seem to stay healthy, you know. Forty four, yeah. Yeah, can't seem to stay healthy, you know. You know, you know, John Moxley said it in his promo. You know, fragile body, fragile mind, something like that. Like I said, we'll see. We'll, 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 we will see you all at Brawl Out Chapter Two. I can't wait for that. That's that's going to be the event of 2023. Brawl Out Chapter Two. What? <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, like Tony Khan is literally just he comes off at at times he he's a great businessman. You know, can't knock what he's accomplished. Mm-hmm. But at times he does come across as just a rich fanboy who's collecting action figures. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's like you can't you can't be you can't be the boss and be everybody's friend. Now, like I said, this Okay, I did show you this last week when we went off the air. Mm-hmm. It was uh MJF at the media scrum. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a work, work shoot. Who knows? But the look on Tony Khan's face when MJF was talking, he was he just kept dropping WWE names. Mm-hmm. Like the would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, and he's not stopping, and his boss is not stopping him. No. It's just he's just too passive. Yeah. Maybe maybe he figures it makes for good TV. Makes Has anybody even been released? There's only been one release. Like one person has been like fired from AEW. That was a big swole, right? Two people. Hey, who was the other one? Jimmy Havoc. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, once the Me Too movement came out, his name came up, so Yeah. Tony Khan released him and last I heard he was working at a staples. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a fall from grace. Hmm. Well, as long as wow. Yeah, that is. But yeah, um and then another thing too about Tony Khan. And maybe you can answer this for me. Remember when? Remember on one of the medium media scrums, and he just was like, "Oh, I'm not taking this fucking shit." Yeah, I remember that. Who's coming after him? <laughs> like he just got so much in defense mode, but I'm just like, "Yo, like, what's the beef?" It's like even Triple H like when they mentioned the competition like well he's too much of a seasoned pro to like say he's like listen we do they do they're doing what they're doing great for them they beat that they beat our developmental system but it's like alright we're doing what we're doing you do what you do and you know it makes for it, steel sharp and steel basically mm-hmm. yeah. you know but then well, I'm not taking this fucking shit. It's <laughs> like in my worst Tony Khan impression. Um, I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, am I missing something? No. Yeah, I think he was. Um, from what I understand, he was responding to a crit- criticism from from Eric Bischoff, who on on his podcast, who said that um, something something along the lines of where I guess I guess Eric Bischoff said something like where Tony Khan or AEW Dynamite that. Like their um, like they weren't their, their ratings weren't were as were as good as they should be or something something to that effect, like something about the ratings that Tony Khan didn't really like or the or the viewership or the numbers that Tony Khan like objected to, uh, in terms of, in terms of Bischoff's critique. Everybody lies about their numbers. Oh yeah, WWE does it all. Yeah, the they've time. done it for years, <laughs> and it's just like eh, okay. Yeah, like all the like all the um, attendance records. It's yeah, like, they're exaggerated a bit. Yeah. Because like I actually learned something like the when WWE exaggerates their numbers, they actually count um, all not only all the fans in attendance, but they count all the employees 
every single employee in the arena, including like custodial staff. Because mm-hmm. um, technically, they're in, well. I mean, technically, yeah. they are in attendance. Yep, custodial staff, even parking, <laughs> probably parking staff too. Anybody who works remotely. <laughs> yeah, they, but it's like, come on. But at the end of that, like, fucking cares. As yeah. long as the event is good. Yeah. If it's a hot crowd, great event. Hey, you know, you could say that you you stuffed a million people in in uh, the AT and T arena, even though it can't fit that many people. It's okay. like whatever. But uh, was the event good? Yeah, that's all, all right, that matters. Then. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see where this goes. Um, like I said, I'm I'm just I'm just patiently waiting for brawl out. Chapter two, Electric Boogaloo. I was gonna say, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got you, I got yeah. you back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all uh, for um, other stuff. Uh, shall we get into our discussion? Sure, yes, we shall. Yes. So, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Oh my goodness! The sequel to it. Yes, uh, across the Spider Verse. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel to the 2018 Academy Award-winning film uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which won the uh, Best uh, Animated Feature uh, Oscar. Well-deserved. Oh, yeah. Uh, This film, uh, it's uh, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, um, also with a screenplay written by Philip Lord and Christopher Miller and David Callahan. Uh, the film also stars uh, Shamik Moore once again as Miles Morales, alongside uh, an ensemble cast of Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Karan uh, Sony, uh, Shay Wingham, um, Greta Lee, Daniel Kaluuya, Mahershala Ali, and Oscar Isaac. And so, uh, this film is uh, the long-awaited sequel, and it's actually uh, part one. Uh, it's actually the first half of a, of a two-part film. And I will say that, um, and this isn't spoilers yet, but when I got in, when I saw the to-be-continued sign uh, uh, title card, my reaction was, oh, what the <laughs> hell? Yeah, I, I, was, I was disappointed, and, um, and, and, uh, and, and at first it kind of, and, and and it kind of got under my skin. I was like, "Why would they do that? Why would why would they sequel bait?" But you know, it's it's the first half of a film, much like Dune Part One was. Dune, we're getting Dune Part Two this year. Yeah, they just didn't tell us. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know what? And 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 I should have known because like because um because it was weird. It was weird that like the spot didn't make an appearance for like a long while until the end. I'm like, huh? It's been a while. Already getting to the spoilers. Well, but well, a little, a little bit. <laughs> You're excited. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But, but, uh, but yeah, you know, um, but you know, thinking on it more, uh, I will say that despite the fact that this is, uh, this is a part one of a two part film, it does feel like a complete film in its own right. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, before we get into our non spoiler discussion, uh, the the main, the overall story for this film, uh, it takes place about about a year or so after the events of uh, Into the Spider Verse, and in the film, uh, once again, uh, Miles Morales uh, he goes on, an, on another adventure with Gwen Stacy, aka Spider Woman, and then uh, who introduces uh, him to a team of a, a whole 
universe worth of spider people, all led by Spider-Man 2099, uh, a.k.a. Miguel O'Hara, uh, voiced by Oscar Isaac. And, um, and uh, they all have to work together to combat this new threat known as the Spot. So, uh, so that's the overall uh, setup of the film. Uh, Chris Stewart is in the chat. Uh, so uh, hopefully, so yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, our non-spoiler thoughts for Across the Spider-Verse. So let's begin with you, Carl. Uh, you, I know you just saw the movie today. Just got out of it. Just got out of a screening, yep. So uh, yeah, w- what do you think of the film? Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was just as good as the first one. Mm. I mean, the animation style, some enhancements, but for the most part, if it wasn't broke, don't try to fix it. Exactly, and that's exactly what they did, you know. Um, and as as far as like the story, you was just so invested. Mm-hmm. It was very well, very well written. You still, I'm still able, even though there's like a twenty something year difference between myself and Miles. Like I can still relate to that character and some of his struggles of what he's been, of what he's been uh, going through, even to even with Spider Gwen's uh, struggles. In a way, in a sense that I can, uh, that I can relate to. Uh, the ensemble cast was just fun. I mean, it was great to hear Issa Rae's like. Issa Rae's voice again, and she was still Issa D from <laughs> from Insecure. It's like I heard it the way she was talking. I was like, "My girl Issa, what's happening?" <laughs> yeah. Long time no see, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, yeah. And then once um, Spider Man twenty ninety nine's character um, like popped out, I was like, "Yeah, you took you know he was able to be taken so seriously and stuff." Mm. And it just took so many turns where it's just like you you know what's going on. It's a very like easy to follow multiverse um, story. Yeah, and you can just like you're so, like you're so invested in it, where sometimes you don't even realize like yo they haven't like they haven't mentioned the spot in a while, but this is this is where it's at right now. And I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I thought this was uh, an exceptional film. Like, I'd say, like, this is, uh, I'd say, like, this is, because it's, like, one half of the film, I'll say it's, like, it's it's nearly as good as Into the Spider-Verse. I'd say, like, if Spider, if Spider, Into the Spider-Verse was a five out of five, I'll give this one a strong four and a half out of five. I will say that. Just a notch below. Yes, Simply because, like, okay, remember, Into the Spider-Verse was just something new. Yeah. It was new and innovative. So now, with this one, as good as the movie was, as good as the movie is, mm-hmm. you, we don't have that new experience. Yeah. But I, I will say, like, even, even though, um, even though it's, even though it's, it's not a new experience because we're coming back to the same universe, in a sense, I will say, like, in terms of, like, the animation style, like, I didn't think that, uh, that Sony animation would uh, continue to up their game from yeah. the first from the first film. There, there's some things that they do with the animation in this film, which is just unbelievable. It's just mind blowing. Like for example, um, looking at the uh, Spider Punk, uh, voiced by Daniel Kaluuya. I, I, I just loved how like his his whole look was just like a just like a ongoing like uh, card like cutouts like magazine cutout look. Yeah, like of like different publications, and it's just like 
constant every time he moves. And from what I read it, I heard that it took like about three years just to animate him, animate that character. I believe it. Yeah, and you can see the work uh, done um, with 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 Spider Punk, which I thought was just so cool. Um, I really liked some of the um, other other universes that they that they dived into. For example, we saw like a like a very a very brief uh, segment where they where I think the spot appeared in like this 1950s art style. Yeah, um, which which was beautifully animated. Um, I I really I really loved like uh, Gwen Stacy's world where it was like all watercolors, and you and you just see like where like the scenes where she where she's talking with her dad, and you, and you just see like their apartment which is just just simple watercolors watercolor in the background. There's like just enough information that you know where they're at, but it, it's just so incredibly done. And the way like the way the tone was and like in the in the dialogue like the background changes well. Yeah, I like, you know it's like it just. The scene was set for each mood. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was uh, so well done, and and also too, what I what I loved as well was um, um, also like the soundtrack and the score. There were some bangers in Man, there. Man, the first well, once they got to Miles, the Rakim. Oh, I I was like yes. <laughs> I'm like, I need that. I was like, I'm gonna do something with that beat. <laughs> I'm gonna put a blend with that beat. Yeah, like, um, like I'm, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Was the name of that song? Guess who's back? I think so. Yeah. Like if you if you if you go on Spotify, there's like there's definitely an across the Spider Verse playlist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just hearing hearing that like that just brought a huge grin on my face. Um, seeing uh, all, uh seeing um. Seeing Miles, seeing Miles Morales uh, back in the mix once again, and you can tell that there's like literal growth. Like he's not just like uh, just like the young kid from my school. There's like a, like a huge like growth spurt. So he, he looks more mature. Yeah. In, in this film, um, I absolutely loved the scenes uh, with his family as well with his parents. A um, lot, and there was like the strong emotional core in this film too. Because even though you have all this wackiness, all this crazy multiverse craziness going on, you know, kind of in, in a similar fashion to uh, everything, everywhere, all at once from last year, you know, the emotional core is what's the most is what's most important. These the characters are what's most important. And what I really loved about this film too is that even though it's the first half of a, of a larger two part film, it still felt like a complete film in its own right. Kind of mm-hmm. like. Um, it's like the two towers, the Lord of the Rings two towers of this of this Spider Verse trilogy, because you had Gwen Stacy. The the film actually begins with her, and it does uh, also uh, uh, ends with her as well. And you, and you see that you see that her character does have a has a complete arc, has a complete storyline. Yeah. And um and there's enough and there's a, and there's a, enough of a setup for the sequel, but with Gwen Stacy. Seeing her character where she was in the beginning and where she ends up at the end, you do see that there a, a complete arc there, and it's like okay, now you see where where this is a solid part two that can stand up in its own right. Um, yeah, the name of the song is "Guess Who's Back." Nice. Yep. Um, I also really, I also, I'm also really intrigued by uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, because I thought that at first, like when you when you saw him in. Uh, the post-credit scene of uh, Into the Spider Verse. It was just a funny gag with him in like a uh, 1960s Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, which there was a hilarious uh, uh, scene with, moment with him in this film, which we'll get into in spoilers. But um, 
you, you understand like his motivation as well and you understand what drives him and then you realize that okay he's not just like this funny funny cameo like there's actually more there's, to there's depth to him yeah and and you realize why he's uniting all these spider people and what his real purpose is and and i really like how like his his conflict with miles like they're both challenging the whole spider-man mythos like like what like what does it take to be spider-man does it take tragedy to become a web slinger and i like how the film's deaf directly questioning that and yeah and, and we'll get into more of that in spoilers too but that was like like his character was like not not a complete villain definitely the antagonist but you do understand where he's coming from and i thought that he definitely brought a real kind of sense of pathos uh to this movie uh and and and, and also too like i i really enjoyed seeing um uh Peter B. Parker back at this time as a, as a full fledged dad. <laughs> he's like, he was like, oh, look at this picture. Look at this picture. I'm like, that's not me, is it? <laughs> it's you, Carl. I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. I mean, I mean, you 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 would you wouldn't put your daughter in, in direct danger, right? Web slinging everywhere. No, even if she had powers, <laughs> I'd be jealous. She got powers and I didn't. <laughs> but but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, across the Spider Verse, it's 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 a masterpiece. Um, it's a I, I Chef's Kiss work of art. Yes, it's absolute work of art. Definitely like 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 hats off to Sony for like really raising the bar in American animation. I don't even want to see that animation style ever again. If this is just a trilogy, mm-hmm. I don't want to see it ever again. Yeah, you know, it was funny. Like we're seeing, we we see like a, a kind of like a similar art style in like the Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix, which yeah. is which is also produced by Sony, and of course, uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which had some scenes with that style too. Um, uh, but I like to see like uh, more animated films that don't that 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 just that just don't. Um, replicate Pixar's th- traditional 3D art style. Yeah. I like to see like different, you know, like unique styles it. on screen. Like not 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 directly copying Spider-Verse, but like mm. different styles that we've never seen before. Oh, bring back claymation. Like claymation, bring back traditional just 2D animation, bring back like something like maybe like paper cutouts or something, like something cool, you know, um something that can like up raise the bar in animation uh, uh, stateside. But yeah, like I I'll say this like right now from from my money across the Spider Verse, it's the film to beat in 2023. Like I I will say, like there's some there's some I, I, there's there, there's two films that are, that are coming out coming out this year that might be that might be direct competition. Uh, Dune Part Two and Martin Scorsese's new film uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which okay. is coming out on Apple TV Plus as well. Um, those two films I could see being like the the heavy hitters of the fall. So. We'll see where Across the Spider Verse ranks on my list at the end of this year. It, but it's 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 wow. the film to beat. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, those are some of our overall non-spoiler thoughts. So we're gonna get into some spoilers uh, for this discussion. So if you haven't seen the film, what are you doing here? Go watch it. Come back here. Listen listen to our spoiler review when you're ready. Otherwise, stick around. We 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 uh, we, we appreciate y'all. So once again, spoilers all over the shop. In five, four, three, two, one.
Doesn't Laura Velez sound younger than she did when she was in New York Undercover? She does. She does. As real Morales, his mother. She does sound... Like, I'm just sitting there, I was like, I got a crush on Rio Morales in this version. I was like, yeah, she sounds younger. Yeah, like, uh, I really loved her scenes uh, with, with Miles. Um, like, their like their their hearts heart talks I like yeah like I, I really like the the moment where she's talking with him under, underneath the water tower and she's basically like trying to connect with him because she realizes that miles is kind of like being distant you know not not being entirely she he, like he wants to tell her that he's spider-man but he really can't yeah and you know she's and she basically tells him you know basically to take care of that little boy inside like never forget who he is and make sure he knows where that he belongs. Right. I was like, ooh, that that was that was a really well written scene, well acted. I, I I felt that I felt that moment, and and even and even fast forwarding too, they had another moment too where Miles, after everything he's been through, he because the film because throughout the film he's he's trying to work up the courage to tell his parents that he's Spider Man. Yeah, and in that moment he he when he meets his mother again, he he basically tells her you know. I beat them all. And then he's like, you know what? Promise me you won't get mad, but I'm Spider-Man. And then Rio's reaction is, who? What are you talking about? And then you see um, his his uncle, um, Aaron, yep. come in, and then he he, uh, he gives a, a Miles Depp, and then you see on the screen flash, Earth-42. Earth and Earth forty two was the universe where the where the spider came from that bit Miles Morales and I was like ooh and plot what, twist yeah and what was interesting there too is that is that Aaron knew that that wasn't his Miles but he, he played along just to see where he was coming from where what he's at but then when you see the real Miles Morales of Earth forty two come out Miles Morales. Morales with his Black Air Force One energy all over. <laughs> like he came in there, and he turns out. It turns out that he's, he's the, the prowler. prowler. Yeah, because like, because Miles, because like, because like, our Miles is trying to convince his, uh, convince Aaron that yo, you're a, you're a good guy. You don't have to do this because he has him tied up on his punching bag, and basically like Aaron's like, I'm not the one you have to convince, and then you see. Other miles come out as the prowler, and that's where the film ends. That's that needs to be a DLC in Spider Man 2. Ooh, oh man, I will go through the whole entire <laughs> mile scene in that costume. Yo, like just to see evil, evil miles, actually, Black Air Force One miles, miles. yeah. Yeah, he came with that energy. Dude, speaking of the Prowler. Oh, man. Did you not pop when freaking... Yeah, when... When Donald Glover was in a Prowler costume. Yeah. Because he played Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember when I saw that with my screening, everyone in the theater was like, what? And then I saw some kids were like, oh, my God, it's Prowler, it's Prowler. And, and, and then, yeah, I was like. And he's walking around, and he's like, boo. I was like, <laughs> I'm like what the fuck? Um, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, Sony, okay. Make, making those connections, acknowledging the connections there. 
and even the scene too like where 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 Miguel O'Hara is like showing Spider-Man where he reveals basically his whole motivation and um uh, uh for Spider-Man 2099 he's like the leader the de facto leader of the of the spider people the uh, spider society s- yep the spider society and he says that um basically He's he's there to preserve what's called canon events in the Spider-Man universe or universes, where basically someone close to Spider-Man has to die yeah. in order for him to become Spider-Man, and so um, you see you see many different flashes of Spider-Man, even live-action ones. Like you saw Andrew Garfield, Garfield Toby, Toby, yep. Um, you saw you saw Miles when he's grieving uh, his his uncle, uh, the Prowler, and from the first film, and it's like, and it's like, oh man, it's like basically you know, he basically tells Miles that you know you're a mistake, you were never meant to be Spider Man. That that spider wasn't supposed to be in your universe, and that was why Gwen Stacy and and even Peter B. Parker didn't even didn't even contact Miles for like a year because yeah. they basically they basically so it's like they basically knew even by the time they met him that oh he's not meant to be Spider-Man so I guess for his protection we're just gonna leave him alone leave him alone but then Miles didn't know all that because he thought he thought that he was abandoned and to hear all of that oh man Whew. that was but but that but that but that also really brings up an interesting question like because with because with Miles even though because he wasn't supposed to be a Spider-Man, but he's basically embraced the role, you know, just the fact that he is Spider-Man kind of is is is, is in and of itself like a subversion of the whole you have to have tragedy in your life to be the web-slinger. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that's going to be resolved in, yeah. the, in, in Beyond yeah, the Spider-Verse. It's like, all right, you really have to think about it. Like, so many... It's not even just Spider-Man alone. It was tra- like, it's... Superheroes in general yeah. have gone through some type of tragic event. Yep. You know. Of, yeah, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Batman, Superman, you name them. Yeah. But then, like, I'm really thinking about it too because there was a comic and I saw it on 67, 60 second comic facts on TikTok. And there's like, he had a chance where Peter actually had a chance to, um, Excuse me, to reunite with Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want you to come back because he was like, no, but if it wasn't for me dying, you wouldn't be the man you are today. Mm. You know, yeah. so it's like, it, it, it does make you think, like, yo, does that really have to happen? Yeah. And because when you think of uh, Miles Morales in both the comics and even the video game, the Insomniac Spider Man, like in in that in the video game, his his dad died. He was just yeah. a beat cop, Jefferson Davis. In the comics, I believe his mom died. Right? Not, I'm not sure. Because I'm, I'm I might be thinking of uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Ultimate Spider Man. I'm trying to remember if it was his mom that died, yeah. who was killed by Venom. Um, but but yeah, like in both examples, like he has a a parent, one of his parents dying. But in this, but in this, in in this Spider Verse films, both of his parents are still very much alive. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that 
it's not going to be a case where Jefferson Davis has to die or Rio Morales has to die for him to be Spider-Man because then that would just reinforce the whole status quo and it would prove Miguel O'Hara to be right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to see, I'm just trying to picture how they're going to circumvent that if, if they're going to in, in Beyond the Spider-Verse, the, the final film of the trilogy. Yeah. And first of all, you've seen Insomniac Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, like I, so many, so many of them, and I'm just like, yo. Oh yeah, like there's a there's a um, a, a current article from the Hollywood Reporter which lists uh, a lot of the uh, uh, Easter eggs, uh, many of many of whom are like uh, the, the the different Spider-Man featured in the film. Uh, one that ha- one that I actually <laughs> actually laughed out loud was uh, during the fight where where Miles is trying to escape the Spider Society. Um, after they all do the meme point at each other. That was freaking great. <laughs> yeah. They say, Spider-Man, get him. Who? <laughs> you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they had to do it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they did. Like, like I, I really enjoyed... His mom dies in the original run of the comic. Okay, yep. Uh, that's true, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, it, like, I, I love the part where where Miles comes across um, Spider-Man from 1967 he basically has two frames of animation and he can't even stop him yeah he's like eh, eh. he's like oh i pulled something yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's like he's like he can't even he he's like it's like why are you even there man it's like why are you there and here's the thing the voices that they even got like a lot of them came back to um like to reprise their roles but then you had the freaking lego spider-man yep Lego Spider-Man was there. <laughs> um, yeah, Kamiko Glenn came back. Um, Nicholas Cage. Well, that was through archival footage. John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Perkins as the quippy Spider-Person. Taron Killam mm-hmm. as uh, Patrick O'Hara, the web-slinger, the yep. cowboy one. Yep. Uh, Taron Killam, he's from uh, Saturday Night Live. I'm mm-hmm. actually just going by this. Nick Novicki from... Um, Lego Spider Man Josh Keaton, which is which one did he play? Spectacular Spider Man Yuri Lowenthal as the Insomniac Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Rianda and Ezekiel Sims as a Spider Therapist. Yeah. Uh, Sophia Barclay as Malala Winter, the Spider Man, the Spider UK. Mm-hmm. Danielle Perez, Charlotte Spider, Metro Boomin as Metro Spider Man. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just so. It was like so many. It was a fun. It was a fun part. Like, oh my god, there's that one. There's that one. There's that one. There's that one. Oh, yeah. freaking um, Andy Sam, Andy Samberg as Ben Riley. Oh yeah, who narrated everything that he did. Oh yeah, like he was just like pure like '90s like edge, edge yeah, cringe. Because like I think like, Ben Riley, he was like he was from the. I guess the the most hated or most infamous storyline in the Spider-Man comics, the Clone Saga. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because I can see why, like, he was just so like basically, basically a tool. Yep. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, present one of the most hated Spider-Men in, in in comics history, you might as well make him a complete <laughs> a complete edge edge lord. Um, but yeah, like I. Uh, but yeah, like all, all, seeing all those Spider-Man in action was was quite the sight to see, and and, and, it, and it makes me eager to get the 
to get the film in 4K so I can like pause and just look at every frame and just identify all the Spider-Man. Um, I also really liked uh, um, Spider-Bite, the, the, the girl who actually helped uh, Miles escape. Uh, oh, yeah. Who's uh, voiced by... Uh, hold on. Amanda Stenberg. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was her. Nice. Oh, I'm trying to think... See if what I know her from Rio Two, uh, the hit, you, the hit you give, the hit you give. I never finished that. I'm kind of okay yeah. with that. <laughs> not, not that it was bad. It was just, it was just, it was deep. Yeah. Drunk history. Okay. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, why does that movie sound familiar? But okay. Yep. Um. Another another Spider Man I enjoyed Spider Man India, yo, that that Mumbatan sequence yo. was absolutely incredible. I loved that sequence. Dopinder, <laughs> Dopinder, that was Dopinder who did his voice. Oh, uh, Karan Sony, yeah, from Deadpool. Oh, oh, that was him. Oh, yeah, that was Dopinder. <laughs> nice. Okay, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, so Pavita. Forgive me for butchering the uh, Paviter Prabhakar. Yeah, the Indian version of Spider-Man. I'm trying to pronounce the name. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that whole sequence was complete, completely magical. It was funny. It, yeah. it, it was fun. That was a that was a fun part too. It's, yeah. and I love the fact that he's like he's like one of the mo- only non-depressed Spider people because he, he's just living his best life. You yeah. Know? You know he has the girl that he I loves. I love chai tea. No, it's not chai tea. It's chai. It's just chai. You're basically saying tea tea. <laughs> Should I go say coffee coffee? <laughs> I was like, is that what it is? I was like, I was like, I'm glad he said it. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was like, that 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 is true. Or like calling uh, you know non bread. It's just non. <laughs> but but yeah that that sequence is really cool um yeah see uh also yo hobie brown was just <laughs> it was funny about him is like everybody was like yo he's just so cool mm-hmm. he's just so even miguel O'Hara was like i just couldn't stop looking at him like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like even when he took his mask off he's like he looks even cooler cool <laughs> yeah like like spider punk he was really cool like I, like I said i just i just loved his like Complete, uh, constantly changing art style, including his uh, his watch. Yep, his watch. Yep, and and I like the fact that like he's like a complete he's a complete anarchist, and like but he he wasn't just like an anarchist like just talking the talk and he'll fall in line at the end of the day. Like no, he was basically he was really about that life. He was like, yeah, I'm fighting the system. <laughs> yeah, like he was really about fighting the system, and like he he he, he was the one who even taught. Um, Miles how to properly use his uh his his venom power yeah basically like using using his whole palm instead of just his fingertips and he actually helps him escape yeah and he's like you see him in the background like taking all different types of equipment including like a spi- like one of the watches that they use to trans trans uh, travel between universes gives one uh it gives one to uh, to Miles and it's like yeah he's definitely punk rock he's definitely an anarchist and even when he sees uh, uh Peter B Parker's uh, daughter Mayday like crawling around and she's like and he's like yeah she's taking a crap on the establishment that's a true that's a real anarchist right there (laughs) (laughs) i was like nice (laughs) 
Yeah. And East East are freaking pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah, Jessica Drew, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, as, a, as as her version of Spider Woman, she was cool. Like she was. Uh, I, I heard that like she's, like she's actually there was like one uh, comic written that it was, she was also pregnant as well, and I, I, think, I think her character, her version of the character, was taken from the comics. Oh, right. yeah. But I was I was like she was I thought she was I thought she, Issa Rae was was pretty cool. Just they swapped her. I'm like okay, it worked. Yeah, I thought she was really. I thought she was cool in the film, and like, uh, um, hoping to see where where she'll end up in the. Yeah, because you kind of started to see that she was having like a change of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like at first, like she was definitely she was very stern about, um, you know, the rules of of engagement across the multiverses. But then at the end, when she sees what Gwen's going through, like she starts to, you, you get to start to see like the gears turning in her head. Like, okay, maybe maybe Miguel's mission is not as clear cut as 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 I thought. Um. Oh, how can I forget the beginning? The beginning of the film. How about that Renaissance vulture? Yeah, played by Joma Tacone. Yeah, that that was such a cool look uh, for Vulture. Like I, I just, like, like he's like styled in like this. He's like styled in um in, like the same art style as like Leonardo da Vinci's sketches. Yeah, yeah, that was so inspiring. And he's just like eh, he was just with da Vinci, and the next thing you know, you got pulled into a. The, pulled into a you know portal and yada yada. He's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, that's a creative take on that character, right there. Um, yeah, even even some of and also like even seeing the spot, like like the spot voiced by Jason Schwartzman. Like at first, like at first you see like you think of him as like, oh, this is just a villain of the week. Like like who's he to be taken seriously? But then when you really when the film starts to get into like the real potential the real implication of his power he ain't no villain of the week no he's he's downright terrifying and even and even seeing and i just love the fact that like the the filmmakers decided to tie his origin to into the spider-verse where 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 miles threw a bagel at him when they were fighting uh, dr octopus yeah and he was just like some scientist in the background who got a bagel who was hitting the head with a bagel and it turns out that he's he was what i was like I was like, "That's so cool," and when yeah, like, but yeah, when you see hit, when you see how deep his powers can go, it's like, "Oh man, he's absolutely he's a immense. threat, like a massive threat." Yeah, yeah. From somebody who's just goofy, who's just having a hard time getting money out of a yeah, out of, out of an ATM, mm-hmm. and he's just having the most go- gruesome fight. It's like, how are you leaving this fight? You know, that's rude. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah, I'm in, I'm interested in seeing how he, like, where, where what role he has to play in, in beyond the Spider Verse because, man, oof, yeah, he's he's definitely like if you're talking about like a multiverse character that can really threaten the fabric of existence, then Spot that's is a, it. that's one. I'm, I may have to, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm hunting. I'm hunting for his first appearance. <laughs> and. Yeah, so so looking looking at his character um, and and seeing how basically Miles Morales as Spider Man inspired him the spot to you know become who who he is, you know it's it's kind of like you know that butterfly effect as well yeah. where where you know the the forty two Spider from another universe bites Miles Morales he's not supposed to be Spider Man spot wasn't supposed to happen and then here we are. Well, it's not going for that bad. That much, 
Yeah. Hold on, let me see how much. Oh, are you looking up uh, the first appearance of Spot from the comics? Yeah, forty bucks. Okay. One's thirty-five. Yeah, around thirty to thirty to forty bucks. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Not bad. Mm. Not bad for a collector. Yeah. What else? Oh, also, like, what did you think of um, Gwen Stacy's uh, role in her story in this film? It, she has more debt. Like, in the first one, she was just pretty face Gwen. I wouldn't go that far. She had a lot more. She was more than just a pretty face in the first film. Like, she, more than that, but it's like, she, she was more than that. Like, she... Like, she was but, more of a supporting character. Yeah, but now it's like, all right. Like, she is a supporting character who's like, you're seeing her growth. Mm-hmm. You're seeing her struggle. And mm-hmm. you're, re- you're able to relate to it. It's like telling your parents a deep, dark secret. Mm-hmm. And you, it just eats you alive. You know, it eats you alive. Like, especially in the beginning where she's just taking her anger out on the drums. And her friends are like, you're going to snap. I'm fine. That's what people who snap are eventually going to say. So I did like how they like, they kind of touched on just some mental health in such a way, even with (laughs) Peter and, uh, I mean, with uh, Miles and his father. Mm-hmm. When it was like, when they was just talking, he was like, "Yeah, you know, mental health ain't really good. You want to talk about it?" While he was like disguising his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Miles giving his own dad parental advice. Right, right. <laughs> as Spider Man, oh, I thought that was a nice scene too. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did, I did, a, I, I did really enjoy uh, Gwen's storyline because, like, in 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 her in her universe, uh, Peter Parker becomes a lizard, and as she's stopping him. She, uh, uh, she accidentally kills the lizard. Yeah, and then Gwen Stacy, um, you know, he discovers that you know he, that George Stacy, George Stacy discovers that you know, you know, he thinks that Spider Gwen killed Peter Parker. That's why he's so against her. And then, and then throughout the film, you kind of see like their relationship like drift apart. But then, at the towards the at, towards the end of the film, she reveals her identity to 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 her dad. No, in the beginning, she or, or rather, yep, in the beginning, and then he just completely shuts down he's like he's he's just disgusted doesn't know what to say but then towards the end of the film you know he basically quits being being a cop he just says i'm not going to be a captain and um they have that heart to heart where she's basically like this mask is my badge you know um and this is this is me and you know they come to an understanding uh towards the end so it's like their story comes full circle and so gwen towards the end she realizes that she can't do it alone she can't she needs friends she needs allies and that's where she reunites the spider-man team from from the first film yeah it was funny too and this is the the only easter egg that i was able to catch was one of the spider-man was named asm 90 and then they talk about how a cop friend of peter was killed while rescuing a child Mm mm-hmm that was the death of George Stacy, that oh. issue. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. I was like, I just got that was the only one I was able to catch like right off the top of my head. Mm. Yeah, 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 and, and stuff like that. But it's a, it's, there's just so many clever, 
so many clever callbacks and references. I, that's one you can't catch why them all. I love comic book movies because they do that, mm-hmm. and it, it makes it makes me want to go out and read those read find those comics and read them just so I can see like what they're talking about, what they're referencing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even in references to other movies like um like with everything everywhere all at once. Like I, I saw on um on A24's um uh Instagram and I I, I can pull it up here cuz I actually saved the post. Uh apparently um the film also featured a a a homage to to that film where there was like a a brief shot of a of a billboard which kind of parodies the title of that movie it, it said it said it says all of it always all over the place <laughs> and it has a picture of a bagel and since and and much like the 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 much like that film everything everywhere all at once where a bagel plays like a huge important role in this film in this film like it turns out that a bagel was what caused spot to you know exist and what basically caused most of the chaos in this film across I, Spider-Verse. African bagel. Yeah. So it's like, and so it's like, oh, well, you know, this, it's like, that's such a, that's such a really cool callback to like both, to like, to like both the film and then even just, um, even just being like its own, even, even using a bagel as its own like important plot element in its own right. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And, and yeah, man, like, like, and, and, and thinking about like across the Spider Verse, it's definitely an example of a multiverse movie that's done right in the sense that you've got all this craziness going on, but it's all cohesive, and it's all about the emotional core of of the characters, and you know, it's not like, it, 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 and, and that's and that's and that's why and that's why a film like. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness was just lacking for me because it was just it was just fan service it was everything was in, in in service of you know placating fans cheap pops for you know professor rex in the uh, x-men cartoon chair oh john krasinski as as reed richards but it led to really nothing ultimately no, but I this film but across the spider-verse it shows you that no the characters matter not just cheap cheap pop cheap pop moments that you're gonna forget about i mean you are they were there but but everything was in service of this film. Everything was in service of like the emotional core, the themes of the film. Multiverse of Madness was just like was just like, oh, look at this, right? Like it's, it's think, just like jangling keys in front of a. It, but that kid. I think that was the purpose of that movie because they're gonna be because you know obviously it's a whole multiverse saga. So it's like, all right, let's give you a taste of the multiverse. So yeah, I think the point of it was the the jangling keys. But all right, if you're gonna get them, there's gonna be more to come. You know, but um, but I do get your but I do get your point. Where it's like, all right, we're getting this multiverse. We're only getting a trip. We're getting a trilogy mm-hmm. for it. So it's like, all right, you you're gonna get more, like more story, more depth, more emotion in certain amount of you know in this one film. These two going into three films, mm-hmm. you know. So I I just I kind of get the pur- I get the purpose of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd say like I'd say like it's it's done it's done to greater effect uh, in, in in this film and in, in, in across Spider Verse and into the Spider Verse. Yeah, it's a shorter story to tell. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like, but yeah, I, I, I'll also say too with uh, Across the Spider Verse, I still think that Andrew Garfield deserves one great Spider Man film. You, yeah, he deserves just one, just one, just to just to you know wrap everything up in a neat little bow for him, for for his Spider Man. I would um, say just let him, just let him be Spider Man in the Sony universe. Yeah, and keep Tom Holland in the MCU. Yeah, that's all. So we can get our rated R Spider Man Spider Man stories. Mm-hmm. Well, then I don't know because they still won't be done right then. Or rated R Venom. Like, wasn't uh, wasn't um, the Venom universe? Did it make an appearance in Across the Spider Verse? With that uh, one. Yeah, with the oh, with the the store clerk. That was yeah. a cheap, that was a good pop for me too. Yeah. In the beginning, he's like, "Wait, where am I? What are you doing there?" <laughs> yeah, she was complete. Like, wouldn't I just like? I'm like, I just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Okay, and <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much a Tuesday for you. <laughs> I just happened to watch a movie on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. That that uh, that makes me wonder. Um, yeah, yeah. We 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 don't need we don't need the the Tom Hardy Venom to kind of like to kind of like include its stink, its stench into the. Spider Verse films. It's not a stink. Yeah, it's a turd <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I don't. I don't think we need the the the, the Venom's turd in the wind, because because then what's next? You're gonna include uh, Morbius. I mean, is he is he gonna go? It's Morbin time. Is he gonna morb over everybody? I'm so driven crazy. <laughs> Craven the Hunter. Yeah, that's gonna be great. You know what? Why don't we get just a universe film with just Craven, Morbius, and Venom? Just just a just a mashup film. You just want to watch the world burn, don't you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like 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 you know like we got we got across the Spider Verse right. We got the Spider Spider Verse universe. Okay, that's one for us. Let's have it for the other. Let's have it for Sony. Let's 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 let's, let's have a combination of like you know Craven, Morbius, Venom. Um, who else? I, I guess Madam Web's getting one. Madam Web, wh- whoever that is. Uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture. will throw him in there. Why not? Uh, um, what else? Uh, maybe maybe we can get that solo Aunt May movie <laughs> that Sony that Sony thought about. Hey, why don't we just throw another Aunt May in there too? Why not? They can they can form their little uh, their little uh, super villain hero anti hero team. The, the the Sony Suicide Squad, Triple S. <laughs> yes, the Sony Suicide Squad. And while we're at it, yeah, you know what? Why, why, don't, we, why don't we throw? Oh why don't we throw Topher Grace in there too? The Battle of the Venoms, Topher Grace versus Tom Hardy. Oh my God! All right, yeah. Oh, I can keep going. I know you can. <laughs> I know. Or 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 since Morbius is a vampire, right? Maybe uh, maybe Sony can make a deal with like uh, with 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 like with Marvel Studios, and kind of like have a different version of Blade. So you can have Morbius, Jared Leto versus Sticky Fingers as Blade. Boom. Marvel special presentation. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Come on, man! I think we I think we need this. I think we need Sticky Fingers 
to come back as Blade so we can fight Morbius in the Morbius you sequel. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just going to Google this for shits and giggles. Oh, what are you Googling? What streaming service is that Blade show on? Oh, oh that, that I would love to know. Because I know for a fact you can watch, if not the whole series, I know you can watch one or two episodes on YouTube. And I've seen one of those episodes and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I watched ten. I watched ten minutes. And I was like, "Hmm, no, Mister Fingers. I think um, I think uh, my my time is better served elsewhere." Apple TV, really? For a dollar ninety nine. Oh, that's too too mu- much. <laughs> that's too much. That's too much to stream uh, the Sticky Fingers Blade series. It's only four episodes. You know what we gotta do, and I think we we have to do this for the sake. Of a roast. What's that? Do a watch along of the Fantastic Four movie that wasn't supposed to be released <laughs> and just have a ball roasting it. Oh, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four? Yeah. Mm. We'll just roast it. It's on YouTube. Oh, wow. So we ain't got to pay for it. Nice. You know, the sad thing is, like, that's the st- still the most accurate on-screen, live-action on-screen version of Fantastic Four. 2005 wasn't bad for its time. Mm, it was bad for its time. I'd have I to, so. I'd have to say. Like, I can actually watch it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, 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 Rise I, of the I, Silver Surfer now. Why Vulture ended up in Morbius world? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I'm, I'm just thinking about. Oh God! Your 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 mind's going. Oh no no no! I'm I'm just I'm just thinking about like the what kind of art styles will we see in Beyond the Spider Verse though? If we saw like a Renaissance Venom, ooh, I'm trying to think. What what else could we see? Like maybe a. I don't know, like a. Maybe a steampunk green goblin. It's or, possible. Or like a graffiti scorpion. Something. Something something cool. Um but yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah. It was so cool that each spider like a lot of different Spider Men, they all had like their own art style. Yeah. That was fun. That I can just imagine how expensive that was though, <laughs> just to make the budget for this movie. Mm. This but this budget had to been do they say hundred million. Mm. And so far as of this recording, they're at two hundred and twenty one point eight million. Oh, for So they made up for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's up. Hundred million yeah, I believe it. Mm. Oh yeah! Also, another another Easter egg was we, where we saw Miles' uh, friend and roommate Genki was playing the Insomniac. Yeah, Spider-Man. he was. <laughs> yeah, that that I thought that was a really nice touch. But I knew I was like, that's exactly what he's playing, huh? I'm like, yep. yep. Like, damn, I want that game. Mm. I'm gonna get emotional again. Oh man, I, I can't wait for Spider-Man oh, Two this this fall. Yeah. This yeah. Is a pretty decent year for gaming. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, um, Across the Spider-Verse, go see it. It is 
in my view, the film to beat in 2023. I would say that so far, yeah. Um, far and away, like far and away, like the, the across the Spider Verse, combined with Into the Spider Verse, far better than anything you can see than anything you will watch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The the Spider Verse films washes the MCU easily. Now you just say you're, you're trolling. No, I, I am not trolling. It is not I, close. No, it's, very, nah, it's very, it's very, it's very. It is, it is not close. But phase, we're not, yeah, but you got to Phase four could never. Oh no, it's definitely better than everything. Phase four. Oh, fi- hell, the Infinity Saga could now, now never. Now you're just reaching. Now you're just reaching. Could never now you're be as reaching. good as a Spider Verse. Let me tell you. Now you're just reaching. But anyway, um, yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely go see it. Um, once again, uh, thank y'all for tuning in. Yes. Um, be sure, you know, another big shout out to our sponsor, the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League, starting up uh, Ju- July 11th at the Kent County YMCA, and then, uh, yep, taking unnecessary shots at the MCU. You know how he's, you know how he does. But anyway, and then also Culture Fest coming up at the south at the south side. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> the Culture Fest, June 30th to July 2nd. Trust me, you're going to want to be there. Absolutely, absolutely. And and as always, you know, you know where you can find our show, you know, uh, uh we're here every Tuesday on Facebook Live around after 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh we're also on all 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 podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. Um, just, you know, just search for Codex Prime Podcast. You'll you'll find our show popping up in your feed. Uh, we're also on social media, on Instagram at, at Codex Prime Podcast and Twitter at Codex Prime Cast. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you know, so, yeah, that, that, that about does it for this week's episode, you know. Um, you know, um, there are there are you know there are things uh, that okay, may disappoint. There, there are things that may disappoint you in life, like you know if you're a Buffalo Bills fan or if you see now you're just you've, taking unnecessary or shots at people. Or or you know or if you've watched you know you know many most MCU films, you'll come away. You know you might you might feel good in, in, at first, but then after two days, you're like, eh, that was kind of forgettable. But no. uh, but when you watch the Spider Verse films, uh, it's like. Shots. It's like it's like you, you you come away with like with like a good feeling like you like you ate a nice meal like like the MCU. How about how about we just we can give you pointy just pointy purple here and stop playing Justin Timberlake's can't stop the feeling right now. You know like you are definitely trolling. You know you know you know if 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 you if you want you know if 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 you, if you want if you want greasy fast food you know. You know that just like that the grease just like soaks through the bag, and you know it doesn't. Note, you know it's not it's, it's it's not really giving you it's not giving you you know much in the I don't way know of what to do. it's not it's not giving you much in the way of nutrition. It's not really filling you. Then you know go watch your little MCU films. Go watch your little Morbius. You know if you hating. want, but if you want true artistic value, if you want real creativity on the screen, you want something that's invigorating, something that fills you up emotionally something that gives you what you need and want and crave in a says comic the guy, book film says the guy who cried let three me tell times you watching endgame let me tell you something come to the spider verse 
go into the Spider-Verse, go across the Spider-Verse. Sony's, Sony Animation is giving you what you need. The MCU, MCU's crumbs. Yep, it's crumbs. thank you. This guy. Crumbs. Morbius is, was, and will always be trash. But come to the Spider-Verse, y'all. And that's all, and that's all, that's all, that's all I wanted now to say. Now he's just and with, the trolling. And, and, and with that, um, we'll catch you on the flip. Um, Spider-Verse forever. Wakanda had its time. Peace out, nerds. God damn.